Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. Uh, I am a filmmaker living in Los Angeles, California. This is episode number 72. Joining me today is Jonathan Munoz. Yes. Very good, very good. (laughs) No worries. Yes. But I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. For sure. For sure. Thanks for having me in uh, your space. This is a lovely... Lovely area that we're that we're in today, people. Yeah, very nice. Do you want to? Oh, t- <laughs> it's it's moody, it's uh, loungy, and it's it's pretty it's chill. All right. <laughs> so, to talk about you, really quick, brief, found foundational stuff. I'll just. You are a composer. That's correct. Composer. I also do YouTube. I sell digital courses. I sell small eBooks for music theory. For those who want to just learn the found the fundamentals, and um, I also, you know, just try to help people as much as possible in any sort of questions they may have for you know business the consultation. Um, I do that on the side as well. But um, yeah, I'm glad to uh, finally be in Los Angeles too. Uh, it's yep. been it's been a few um, that I've been trying to kind of come over here, but glad to finally be here. I'm fresh to the city, about four months in, I think. Yes, congratulations on the move. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we'll jump in, we'll jump into all that for sure. Okay. So when you talk I, I don't know, just to clarify the consultation, you're talking about music, the music world specifically or Sure. So I do consultation in four different categories. So I do consultation on the programs that we use um, to compose music for film. I do consultation for um, just music business, quite any questions that you may have, contracts, royalties, anything like that. Um, I do consultations for people who are doing music theory. So like if you need help with any kind of homework or whatever, you know, I can kind of guide you along and sort of tell you how things work um, as best as I can, of course. And then the other one, I quite don't remember what the fourth one is. I literally just looked at it yesterday, but um, yeah, I could I could leave all the links or, you know, any kind of questions for okay. later on. Sounds great. Okay. Copy you. Copy you. All right. So um, let's see where to start. Because I know we uh, had, we, we, our history is we met uh, for coffee um, recently enough. You, like you said, you're new to the town, and uh, we connected and had a little intro chat. So we may be rehashing some of that for uh, for the folk at home uh, listening. So I'm trying to figure out on. Okay, we'll jump into. I have lots I want to talk about. Um, where to start? <laughs> Let's. Okay, so I'm always debating on whether or not to start with Jonathan present day or from the beginning and moving moving a little bit through time a little bit of a timeline-esque walkthrough of life sure what uh what 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 are you feeling what's uh um i guess we can kind of cover that that way you know it kind of serves as the, the foundation okay. yeah foundation building the history in the uh, baking yes <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so tell yeah let's let's hear about the background because i I I've read up of course of course on your on on your story we've talked before but uh how I guess specifically talking about the the music side of you and the composer side of you and and the origins of that if uh yeah yeah so 
I come from, I was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey, but I didn't really start my musical journey till I moved to Miami in 2002. Um, and then it took a little bit. So I started music like around eight years old, eight turning nine. And I started playing guitar, even though my mother was putting me in music school because I like to drum. So like I would grab pencils and just play anywhere I could find. Um, I'd also leave like bruise marks on her leg sometimes because I would just sit next to her and like, you know, just kind of tap whatever I heard. So she kind of picked up on that and she was like, you know, hey, let's put you in a music school. I was like, okay, great. And uh, the turning point for me for picking guitar over percussion or drums was actually at the moment we were filling out the forms. Um, there was a guitar solo happening in the band room, and I was like, whoa, what is that sound? And when I saw it was a guitar, I was like, hey, mom, put guitar instead. And she was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, yeah, do it. And and that was history, you know. Uh, yeah. I kind of just chose guitar, went that route, and then I took a few lessons, and from there, it kind of just, I did guitar lessons there for about maybe eight years or so. So you did end up enjoying the guitar despite the last-minute pivot. Yes, absolutely. Um, I enjoyed it, and I excelled at it pretty quick. Um, I, I believe at the age of 11, I was doing, like, even teacher substitutions with my teacher because sometimes he would go out and, like, gig or, or have other events, and he wouldn't be there for a day. And he'd just be like, hey, you know, do you mind, like, substituting for the students um, at that age and I was like hey yeah sure why not so I would sit there sometimes with students who were older than me and they'd look at me like oh you know who's this little guy uh kind of just like teaching on on the side and I was just like yeah you know this is what I could do and I could show you how to do all this and um a bit of a a, a strange situation but it happened and you know I had a few a wow. few kids that I was teaching at that age too so a little bit a little bit of I don't <clears throat> feels kind of prodigy-esque <laughs> over here, you know, but that, no, it's okay. So how, just to pause there on a set for a sec, how was it, so you, you, because I know knowing the thing and teaching the thing are, are two different skills. How, how are you developing the, the teaching aspect or how did you approach that at such a, such a young age there? Sure. So I'm, I guess you could say that is uh, maybe a natural gift of mine where I'm able to teach something that I understand well. Um, it's just the way that I communicate the ideas. Uh, it seems to, you know, be a pretty good way of, exp you know, explaining things and also teaching people things. And I noticed at a very young age that I could really grab any topic I was familiar with and explain it to you in a way where, like, you'd be like, oh, wow, you know, that, that actually makes some sense. So I picked up on it really quick, and I, I started, you know, doing that with my guitar teaching, essentially. Um, it grew into something, you know, bigger eventually, but we, we can get to that a little bit later. But, um, yeah, so that's how it kind of all started. I, I just realized that I not only had a good way of explaining things, but at the same time I enjoyed seeing the reactions of people when they were like oh my god i didn't even know that you know you explained right, right. it really well so okay all right so continuing from the from the guitar lessons and and realizing that there's some natural gifts there getting that really quickly where where 
Where did that take you? Sure. So that was honestly, it, again, very weird. It was I was in elementary school still, you know, I think fourth or fifth grade or something like that. Um, but the moment I went into middle school is I started to learn how to play trumpet. So I played in an orchestra, kind of just getting my hands, uh, you know, and feet, you know, in this new position in orchestra. I was a guitar player playing rock and now I'm playing classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was weird for me because I don't. I don't come from, you know, that kind of family who listens to classical music. My parents are Hispanic, so I listen to a lot of Latino music. Um, so when I came into this classical world, I was kind of like, you know, it's it's pretty cool, and I'm playing the trumpet. We also played some more modern pieces because it's a middle school band, so you don't expect kids to, like, play Mozart symphony. Right, you want some... <laughs> Some fun in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So I did that for eight years because I actually ran it all the way up through high school. And I auditioned for the New World School of the Arts in Miami. So it's you can only audition to that school. And out of, uh, you know, thousands of applications, not just here in the States, but around the world, because it's a, it's a pretty well-known high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they choose around, I would say, like Five to seven hundred kids for each, you know, school semester, freshman class, or whatever. Yeah. So um, I did that, and I got in my freshman year as as a trumpet player. Yeah, actually. So okay, all right. (laughs) So um, okay, very cool. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, How? What does? Because I'm 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 big on process. So how did? where did, what could, what could, how, there's lots of things to talk about. Absolutely. Here. I want to hear about trend, the, the similarities in the transition from guitar to trumpet, and then also more about this like application process and how you get selected into such a school. And yeah, how, yeah, how all sure. that works. But. Yeah, so. I never really stopped playing guitar in between all of that. Um, uh, please feel free to like, you know, ask me about specifics because I'm kind of just no, no, kind of no, going sure, through it. Sure. But um, so, yeah, I never really stopped playing guitar. I kept playing guitar because the thing is um, I would do gigs. Uh, I would do um, wedding gigs. I would do like mansion parties um, playing classical guitar um, at that age. I would do, you know, just regular like bar gigs yeah. too. Um, yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm specifying because not that not that you left the guitar, mm-hmm. but because it's almost just picking up and again like thinking about drums into guitar, and then you've been really you've been doing your thing with a guitar for a while. Yes. Now it's a whole new instrument, a whole new world yeah. <laughs> of sound and music. Sure, and then jumping right into that and kind of. If it was an easy handoff or an easy thing to pick up new, and uh, yeah, I guess yeah, 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 no worries. Um, so yeah, it's. I know it may seem like it's like so like far stretched, like oh, drum, guitar, trumpet. To me, it kind of always felt like the same, um, because at the end of the day, I was still making music. So uh, the handoff was well, you know, trumpet has its learning curve because now you're playing. With your lips yeah, and, and breath certain techniques, yeah, yeah, there was a lot going on. So it was pretty tough picking up the trumpet at first, but I'm the kind of 
person that when I do something, I want to do it great. So I would spend hours, you know, practicing and, and, you know, making sure that I have the right technique and all that stuff. But um, really, I, I started to develop my skills was when I was about to audition for high school, where actually the band director from that high school reached out to my parents to go have some coffee at a Starbucks to just talk about like, hey, you know, we want your son to audition for the school. Uh, I've never heard of this school prior to that. So it was kind of like, oh, I feel like I'm getting scouted here. And the reality is I was. So we went to this meeting and uh, the band director explained to my parents all of the things the school had to offer. And we're talking about a really advanced um, set of musicians, students who are my age and you hear them playing. It's it's amazing. It's amazing to to kind of see all of that stuff. But we had that conversation, and it's the audition process was kind of like any like if you were going to college to um, for a musician, and essentially it's like you got to prepare your scales, you got to prepare a couple pieces. They're gonna ask you maybe to improvise a little bit just to kind of see where your creative chops are. Um, there's also some like questions because they also want to see what kind of person you are kind of like your attitude you know what are your goals things like that and essentially you know they gave us the whole rundown and I had a few I was in eighth grade at the time so I only had a few months to really gather everything together again I didn't really plan on going to the school I didn't even know it existed so if I knew that I probably would have planned a lot earlier but it kind of just happened so i kind of I mean, rolled with you're, it you're, you're a kid over here you know let's <laughs> come on now some slack because i know okay because i so you got scouted for your trumpet playing not because again like before you had said that i was like i wonder why you you applied through the the trumpet route versus like the guitar route or if they or if it was all like i don't know how yeah let me clear that up yeah. so the way it worked was my guitar schooling was an external school it right. was it was extracurricular so that had nothing to do with my academic studies i played trumpet in the academic grade school and then guitar in my extra time um right. so that's how i was able to kind of uh do the two together so when the band director reached out to me he came to the school the middle school and saw me playing trumpet right, right. so that's why it was like hey you know trumpet even though i did audition for guitar um i did audition for jazz guitar I didn't end up getting in for jazz guitar because jazz wasn't my forte at that time. But um, I did end up playing some of their musicals um, on guitar because I made friends with the music director and the music director said, hey, you play guitar? I'm like, yeah, so. Okay, all right. So it came. It came along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, it's just a lot of detail. No, between, no, for but. sure. Because I think like because the world, the world that I have lived in for a while is like more I, in film. So I'm thinking about the. I hear about like actors going through and getting getting accepted into certain schools and stuff. You prepare a monologue. You prepare different different pieces to showcase. Um, so it sounds yeah similar to yeah you you're presenting your skills in that vein. I guess. Uh, I'm assuming it's like a multi-step whole process, like where, because I, I, there's no way they can, you know, listen to so many pieces from so many students. So I'm just like, um, yeah. yeah. So the way that they kind of went through the audition process was, um, I'm not again. I'm not sure the exact number of students that auditioned at that time, but mm-hmm. I know that when I f- went to go audition at New World, um, there was a line of kids, 
and uh, you you know you sign up at the table up front. You know, put your name. Hi, I'm Jonathan. The standard audition process, and then they take you up the elevator to this room where you're by yourself with three people just standing there, like looking at you. So the pressure's on. And um, how exactly they gauge it, I've never really asked. Um, so that that'd be interesting to actually, because I'm actually still friends with some of the teachers and yeah, professors yeah. there. So uh, I might actually go back and just be like, hey, you know, how do you vet or how do you yeah, vet people? Or, hey, here? can I be a part of the vetting process yeah. at some point? <laughs> you know, I want to be the guy in the room. <laughs> That's cool. So I did that and, you know, they just had like a, I guess like a checklist as they were going through. And that's how they figured out, you know, who who would get in or, or, you know, not be accepted at the time. You could also audition for your sophomore year too. So if people didn't get in their freshman year, you have an opportunity to audition for 10th grade. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, it gives a second chance to people who uh, didn't get in the first time yeah. or weren't prepared or yeah. whatever the case More may be. More time to sharpen those skills. Absolutely. Very cool. Okay. So now you're, now you're, you got accepted. You got the big news. How was that received? Do you do you recall like what that felt like getting the news and how that how that I don't know how the family reacted. What the what the what the new ambitions and goals in life became. Like did that? How did that affect you? Sure. So <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was my parents. It was my father who got the email. Um, and he was like, Hey, you know, check out this email. I think he forwarded it to my email and he was like, Hey, check this out. And I look at it and it's like, Hey, congratulations. You know, you've entered the school. Obviously it freaked. Cause I was like, first of all, I've never auditioned for anything in my life at that time. Um, I just thought it was unreal that I was able to get into this program. Um, I never really thought much of, I've been a very reserved kind of person or I still kind of am mm -hmm. so like I don't really talk about like you know skill level skill gap or, or any kind of things like that I just kind of go with the flow and if you play music and I play music we connect that, that's pretty much it I don't really sure. see it as like you know I'm a pro or you know you're it doesn't really yeah it's like it's like mind. oh you didn't get accepted into the school yeah we can't hang out anymore <laughs> sorry sorry about that exactly yeah. yeah I've never been that kind of person um and it just felt unreal because now I'm like, okay, I got to step up my game now because I don't know who's in there. And the seniors who were there, I'm sh I was only thinking about like, they must be really freaking good. So, um, I just kind of got nervous. It was a little bit intimidating. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I had to go purchase a, a trumpet for the first time. So I was like, okay, you know, I, I'm buying a trumpet now. It's mine. You know, now I really got to take it serious. And, you know, as soon as I got it, right before school started, I was kind of like still freaking out because we had all of our academic stuff in the morning. And then for this high school, we actually had an extra hour because of the arts component. So from 1 to 3.45 was the um, arts component. And that's when we first walked into the band room and I see all these kids. And the first thing I hear when I walk in there is like just the people on the trumpet. Like, doo -doo 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 -doo. I'm just like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? <laughs> so it was quite intimidating, um, but exciting at the same time because now I knew that I needed to step up to prove, you know, not only to myself, but also to everyone that I could be trusted as a musician in the room.
Awesome. I was getting I was getting visions of uh, of uh, whiplash over here. It's my, <laughs> my. It's uh. I would say it's pretty similar because mm-hmm. um, I think I remember it was my set. It wasn't within the first week, but uh, I think it was like the second or third day. Um, the band director called me out to play a part, and I was like, "Oh God!" I knew this moment would come, but I didn't think it'd be this soon. So um. Kind of like a scene of Whiplash where like you're getting all the eyes or the attention and the band director's just looking at you and you got to play your part. You know, the fingers are kind of shaking a little bit, but, um, yeah, you know, like, we got through it. And like yeah. my worst nightmare over here. <laughs> all the eyeballs perform. Yes. Oh, Ooh. it was a lot of pressure, but um, got through it, made really good friends. Um, I, I made friends instantly with the trumpet section. Um, they were all so cool. You know, we would hang out for lunch, and then we'd walk together to the arts building, things like that. So very clicky, yeah. Very <laughs> clicky. Um, yeah, it was it was super cool. It yeah, was a really are, great group the, of kids. I don't know. I, I don't want to hear how – I'm not familiar with the, the band, the band dynamics. How – can you remind – is it – in terms of the clickiness, this is more for like if I end up writing a, a scenario like that. What, who, uh, who? Is it is it kind of the same across the board? No matter what band room you enter, is like the trumpets aren't a fan of the cl- the the you know like is, the other sections. Yeah, how does how does <laughs> how do those dynamics work? So, <laughs> if honestly for a school setting. It's pretty because the thing is these kids are here because they they're here for a reason. They auditioned. Sure. Everyone in that, in that room yeah. auditioned. So the ego really wasn't there, especially in the band room, um, because everybody's. I really felt that everybody was there to like really learn. So. And if they did feel some type of way, I have no idea because none of them really showed it. Okay. Um. So everybody was very friendly. You know, everybody sees the freshman. They're like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm joe or i'm you know i'm paul joel or whatever yeah you know and everybody's you know you're shaking hands with everyone and everybody was just so nice i can't really recall an experience where like i felt like it's like hey you're the trumpet player you know <laughs> yeah okay very very positive team because uh, yeah at the end of the day everybody's working together on the piece it takes all the parts to make it work so absolutely yeah. and on also to mention uh if you do perform poorly or you know kind of go into this ego trip you could get booted out of the school at any point so everybody made sure to keep a very high standard of not only acting but you know grades and all that stuff because um, they can kick you out mm-hmm. gotcha yeah. <laughs> cool yeah yeah great <laughs> lovely Yes, it, it was a it was a great it was a great time. Um, I did my four years there. Mm-hmm. Um, the last two years, uh, I played also with the orchestra. So the last two years, I was appointed principal trumpet uh, for the orchestra. So that was really cool. So most of the pieces that we would play in the orchestra, I'd get all the cool you know trumpet solo lines, things like that. It'd be a lot of pressure too, um, because our conductor he's a, um, a guy with a lot of experience. Um, older, he's Russian, you know, he has that orchestral spirit with him. So he was very, very strict on how things were supposed to sound and that you need to practice. And if you didn't do well, like he wouldn't, you know, mind calling you out within the other 50 players that were there. He'd single you out and be like, hey, play the part really quick. And then when you didn't play it right, he'd be like, you know, why didn't you play it right? You know, you got to practice. He's really just honing in on perfection. 
All I could say, though, the performances were spot on. All the performances. So I, I really um, I enjoyed the, the discipline. It wasn't overboard. It wasn't anything like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. But um, it was definitely very intense uh, being that young. And then, you know, being in high school and then having this strong discipline. But uh, it whipped everyone into shape. So I think yeah. it worked. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like you are uh, no stranger to those pressure cooker situations. Even from uh, even yeah, it seems like that yeah already and already it's a theme in uh, in your stories in your absolutely. Yeah. And before that, you know, obviously I have performance experience. So when I played guitar um, at the other school, not really academic schools, extracurricular, but. When I played guitar, um, I would do shows with them too. So I, I'd be playing in front of – my first concert was in front of like 400 people. And I had a guitar solo. So I was really freaking out because I've never performed in front of everyone. It was the first time I performed with guitar and I'm just learning the instrument. And, you know, I begged and pleaded for that solo because I really wanted to play. And I proved to the band director at the time. Yeah. The first concert was 400 people. So I'm sitting there like – what if I mess up? <laughs> right. Yeah, but you put yourself in that situation. So like yeah. you're you're seeking you're seeking that that moment to Yeah, as a kid you don't really think of it that way. <laughs> okay. You know, you're you're just thinking like I want the solo. Oh, but when reality right. kicked in, you're like oh, how okay, do I get through okay. this? But um it worked. It, I did it. So, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were there and you had to do it. <laughs> there was no turning back at that <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. So high school, you okay? So we talked about that. Did we? Was there anything left in uh, in that time that we should touch on? Like, I don't know if there's any maybe potential highlights on where you. I don't know how. Like if you guys toured different venues or got to got to play at a certain space, like in front of the president, or like I don't know. Sure. So that. it's great that you actually mentioned that because I did actually play for the the prince of Spain. Oh wow! I believe it okay. was. We were doing the book fair inauguration in Miami, um, which is like this major thing. Um, I had no idea about it. Sorry, I'm not too much of a a book person like that. <laughs> I do read self self like development books but not really like books like that sure. but anyways uh we were doing the inauguration and the prince and princess of spain or not sure what the correct terminology is i'm sorry but um they were there and uh we played uh um from the composer la cuona um very very nice piece I, i'm not familiar or i don't really remember which piece exactly but i got to play a solo for them too so that was a pretty big highlight for me um as a trumpet player to be able to do that, and the school is the one that offered me that opportunity to do it. So um, that was definitely a huge highlight for um, just professionally. Just yeah. kind of think back and be like, oh, man, I actually performed for them? It's, it's unreal. Yeah, I, well, yeah. I was 15, 14, 15. Okay, so, so when did you know they were going to be there? How did that... Uh... So we were told at the beginning of the semester or the school year that we were going to do this big event because that was already planned for. Um, obviously, there's a lot more going on than just the concert portion. Yeah, yeah. So we did know well in advance what we were going to do. 
and um, everybody just told me to buckle up because you know you're you're on the spot here because uh, you got to play the solo. Uh, I think it was my junior year, and I was like, man, this is this is gonna be intense. Yeah, yeah. Full room, and then you have them sitting front row, and um, but yeah, it was it was great, great experience. Learned a lot, had fun. Everybody was having fun. They enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, we did tour also a lot the east coast of Florida. So we did everything from like Homestead all the way up to Jacksonville. We would do like different venues for competition stuff because there's a competition called like FBA or MPA um, where you would go in. They'd give your school a rating based on how well you yeah, performed, yeah, yeah. and that's how you know you gauge the arts program for all the people who are in the band stuff um, in high school and middle school. So um, we did theaters like the Gusman Theater, which is a big theater in, in Miami. We did the Adrian Arts Center, which is a, a big theater, again, in, in downtown Miami. Um, we performed in on live TV, actually, up in Jacksonville. I forgot what college we went to. It was a competition, but it was also live on TV. Mm-hmm. And we were competing at a college level. That's how high of a level this school um Wow, their, their students are so we Ooh. we did that too, which was exciting and again nerve wracking. All these experiences were kind of like nerve wracking because we're talking about really big things and it just happens so fast. I mean, four years is not a long time. So like when you start a school year and you have all these performances lined up, they'd have all their performances lined up because that's what the school does. But um, it's just surreal that we're just kind of like. Okay, you're gonna perform for you know this, or you're gonna do this now, and we're just sitting there like, uh, how much time do you have to prepare? Uh, we got like two months. Okay, <laughs> and then on top of that, do like the homework for the regular right, academic right. stuff. It was a lot going on at that time. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it was all easy. I remember taking 15 minute power naps because I'd only have like an hour or two to sleep. Sometimes I get home at one in the morning because of performances. You know, have to do projects, fall asleep at four to wake up at five or something like that. Take oh, a no, you were one of those. I was, I Probably, was. I mean, oh, <laughs> okay, you got it done though. It did. I did. I look back and I'm like, man, that's crazy. How? how I was. I, I. I was never. <laughs> I was never one of those. Uh, no, I was like, I'm sleeping. And, yeah, uh, it was very tempting, <laughs> but a, a part of me always kept me awake. To do it, um, I was excited, or I still am. Um, I'm excited to do these things. It's well, well, I was thinking more about the additional school work that you had to do on top of. The well, I mean, work. you have the pressure of them kicking you out. Sure. sure. So I'm like, Mm-mm, yeah, I don't want to get that's kicked fear, out. That's fear based. That's yeah. not excitement. <laughs> um, but regardless, yeah, okay, that's crazy. But I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't like that all the time. It was kind of at those at the at the peak at, at the exactly. peak prep and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, midterms, finals. Well, at that time they had like EOC, like end of course exams, things like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't all the time. I, I would say that you know, I will a good healthy time frame would be like every three weeks maybe. Mm-hmm. It'd be something like intense coming That's up. Crazy. But then again, you know what you sign up for. It is an art school and. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people competing to get into the school. So I wouldn't expect anything less. Thinking back now from an adult perspective, yeah. um, you really want to train these kids to to feel the pressures of 
almost the real world because the real world is way harder <laughs> than mm-hmm. what the school mm-hmm. kind of offered. Yeah. So I, I think as a musician, um, getting taught that young and seeing that you really need to step up your game and keep your chops up and work and not let things slip by was um, one of the things that they were teaching at that school yeah, as well. Yeah, that heavy, that hard discipline there. Yeah. Okay, so um, what is the, uh, I don't know if the proper word is expectation, but if for, for, for the kids that are going to this high school, where where's the mindset on like after high school where where are people hoping they're going and where do kids from the school normally end up going and based on like how you were thinking about your own trajectory coming out before we get to what you actually did what were the thoughts while you were there yeah sure so um i'll be honest i never thought about college until i needed to think about college which is senior year um <laughs> as we do yep and i know a lot of kids were applying for you know arts schools or state schools too because you know state schools have a lot of you know funding for their programs or whatever the case may be but a lot of people were going for like nyu berkeley college of music which we'll talk about um i did end up going there eventually but um uh, some people stayed local in Miami. Um, I was one of those. I got my associate's degree in Miami. But, um, yeah, it's just people were just thinking, like, how do I now keep my art going? Right. Although uh, you have the group of kids who did this for a time but realized, like, it was fun for the time, but now I'm going to pursue something else. And then you had a handful of students that were like, okay, I love this and I'm going to pursue it 100%. So there were some people who even just said I'm going to, you know, because obviously they could, uh, New York or Los Angeles to just pursue. Um, Not really continue education, but like they had connections elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So they went for that. And that was really like the process in in that 12th grade in the art school. It was really, they talked to you a lot about like how to prepare for your life out of New World. Because it's very easy to get caught up in the environment. So like get caught up like high school and this is our world and like it's never going to end. And, you know, people really got stuck in that mentality until you don't. (laughs) I mean, that's classic art school. Yeah. Not because I didn't, I've never attended any sort of length of that sort of environment but yeah again thinking about like actors specifically is like you you do theater and you do this and that and you're always doing shows and and uh you have that community and then when it when it comes to an end and you have to face life you're like wait a second i wasn't ready for it sometimes sometimes school seems to like going to college is almost like you said, tr- if trying to find the excuse—not uh, the excuse—trying to find any way possible to keep this going. Right. College is a continued, similar environment, and it's still st- you step up in a way where you're challenging yourself in new ways. Absolutely, but um, it could get repetitive in the way of like college comes to an end too. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, you kind of get stuck in a loop. Um, it's you're searching for the next. I guess, community. Mm Because at the end of the day, you know, besides being a musician, everybody just wants to feel connected to something or be a part of something. I feel like when you don't have that, um, we kind of lose ourselves a little bit. We kind of get lost. And this goes for anyone. 
if you don't feel like you're a part of something, whether it's a community or a, a, just a small group of people or whatever the case may be, you do feel kind of lost. And that's very common in the world of art, you know, in this arts world. Uh, I thought you were going to say just in the world. Well, I mean, it's very common in the world, but especially yeah, yeah, common yeah. in the arts world. For sure. Um, because uh, this is a, a, if you think about it, we're in the industry of connecting with people. That that really is the industry. Um, it's not really like, hey, you know, I do music. It's like, why do you do music? Oh, because it connects all these people. Why do you do acting? Oh, well, you know, we, we create worlds for people and we connect with people so at the end of the day connection is the key you know word for arts i believe and um you can easily get stuck in that cycle where you go to an art school it's like you don't want this to end go to college you don't want this to end and now after college you know people are like okay now i'm gonna go to a graduate program and then right. you do that route and then once you figure out that like after the graduate program it's like okay now i really need to step my foot into the real world that's where it can get a little scary but um yeah it's it's definitely a, a mental game too you really have to know where you are mentally and really gauge yourself as you're going up. I was very conscious of all that stuff growing up. So for me, the transitions between each of them, each of the different, you know, time period, it didn't really affect me that much because I kind of, I already knew it was coming. I didn't really hide the truth from myself. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't come to a surprise. You weren't, okay, yeah, yeah you, yeah, all right. So at the same time, <laughs> you said that you weren't thinking about college till senior year. Yeah. So here you are as a senior. What's what's going? What what what's the plan? What are you what are you thinking there? What, so my what plan was wow. My plan was not to go too far, because even though I did geographically, yeah, geographically, um, I like to stay in Miami because I just wasn't sure how to use my talent in the real world yet mm -hmm. so i was kind of like on and off about like should i go out for college should i stay here so i just decided to stay um living with my parents i ended up going to my community college miami-dade college and i got my associate's degree in music business because i felt like i was pretty solid in my music you know foundation and writing but i didn't know anything about the business because people would talk about like, hey, you know, royalties and, you know, PROs and all these different things. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, you got to know that stuff. So I, I thought it was very important to to know that. And I yeah. got my first degree on it. Yeah, no, that makes I mean, that <clears throat> that aligns directly with what you were saying about like, how do I how do I connect my skills to the real world? And the missing link is uh the the business aspect of it yeah the the bread and butter <laughs> yeah. of it all kinda, <laughs> kind of uh, the it's just as important if not more important yes yeah. you gotta got to be able to sustain yourself mm -hmm. um i would recommend anyone doing music or coming up in music um high school middle school even middle school um to like start touching upon topics of the music business because, um, you know, 90 to 95% of what artists do is business. And then the rest of the percentage, 5 to 10, is your talent. Because uh, who you know is what 
eventually is going to get you to whatever position you want to get in. But just also protecting yourself um, through contracts because there's a lot of, you know, sketchy business from time to time. You want to try to avoid that. But um, also just for yourself, peace of mind, just knowing what you're getting yourself into. And if you don't know, also have the knowledge on who to go to. Because uh, a lot of people would be like, hey, I asked my friend and, you know, this happened. I'm like, you don't, you don't really go to a friend for that. You go to a lawyer or, or you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't worry, Jonathan. This is a really good deal. And just sign on the dotted line right here and we'll take care of you. <laughs> yeah, <Just> so like... <laughs> I, I fell in love with the idea of learning the business inside out and um, getting my hands on, you know, some templated contracts standard practices, standard deals, what's a good deal, what's a bad deal, and why. Um, I don't like just people telling me, oh, no, that's a bad deal. It's like, great, but why? Keep going. <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> so um, I fell in love with that, and I noticed it when I did this music business program because I was like, I don't want to study music in college again. I want to study something a little bit that will give me a little bit more skills, just skill set in general. And I just thought the music business was the way to go. And I'm glad I did it because I did learn a ton of things that I didn't know. And potentially it saved a lot of, you know, the the hurdles that I could have gone through. Yeah. You know, because I did have to go through contracts eventually. Yes. Okay. So do you want do you want do you do you mind gracing us with a couple of, of nice tidbits that you didn't know that we that we might not know? That could be that could be interesting to uh, for us to consider as we sure. So as a musician, um, one thing you want to really um, pay attention to, or at least start getting familiar with, is uh, royalties. Um, royalties essentially is our uh, cool and scary way of saying our retirement, um, <laughs> because Ooh. if we don't have uh, royalties, then essentially we're only getting paid for the job. Um, and we have nothing else to show for that except what you got up front and maybe the credit. But we also need to sustain ourselves. And royalties are the only thing currently that can really help us sustain ourselves. Cause, and if you don't know what a royalty is, is essentially you write any kind of music. You stick it in film, TV. And if it reruns on TV networks or if it streams or if they buy a physical CD copy or whatever the case is, you get royalties off of every single one of those reruns, repeats, restreams, or CDs bought. And essentially, those the more popular you get as an artist, those start to add up. And every quarter... You sign up with uh, a PRO, so a PRO is Performing Rights Organization. So we have BMI, ASCAP, and CSEC. And you sign up for one of those companies, and those companies actually keep track of it all. Um, Once you registered it into the system, you could either do it individually or whatever company or production company you're working with does it. And essentially, they keep track of it for you. So if, let's say, you had a... a song on an hbo show you'll see every quarter a statement saying hey you earned this much because your song played this many times for this many seconds and here's your check mm-hmm. so those two things i would say pay the most attention to when you're young is because that is essentially like i said it's our retirement kind of plan yeah yeah <laughs> So how and that 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 gets negotiated at the at the 
at what what step is that's at the very beginning right is that uh, as soon as possible mm-hmm. i would say as soon as possible sign up for those things because uh even if you play live shows at bars and gigs you're entitled money if you didn't know that um not money from the bar owner i'm talking about money from the pros because the pros um every bar or business that plays live music or has music in the building um they have to pay a license to use this music right so that license that you pay you're actually paying it to the pros to give to the songwriters of the people who created that song and that's a form of royalty um so i played some of my original music in some bars and clubs in miami and i got royalties because i said hey i performed live these songs um i played it at this date for this amount of time and the next quarter came in and i got a check it wasn't a whole lot sure sure but definitely you saw some money from that yeah so you know it you have to know this early on i would say and then and What's the, I don't know, but how, what's the expect, <laughs> royalties, um, what kind of expectation is there on how, how does it, like, how does that even work? Like, what, if I'm an artist and I write a song tomorrow and I get a deal and I'm trying to negotiate royalties, I'm assuming, I'm assuming, I'm assuming there should be, like, some sort of agent attached to me that's kind of helping negotiate this, but, um... What kind of percentages? How does yeah? I don't know how this. What are we? So it's a little tricky, um, but I'm gonna try to explain the most like user friendly as possible. Sure, sure. But um, royalties works uh, using a, a percentage of two hundred, actually. So a hundred percent goes to the publisher, so who actually owns the music, and then a hundred percent goes to the writer. Or it could be split between writers, so if there's multiple people. Um, but essentially, the the music business game is about who owns the the copyright of the of the publishing of the song. So th- the way you make money off of royalties and the way you're kind of like going into it, if you're an independent artist, you don't have to worry about a publisher because no one's really representing you. You're your your own. Okay. artist your own manager so in that case you would receive 200 percent of whatever it is that you're making and the rates it would depend on what it's placed in so if it's on tv and you know it's prime time hbo we're talking about a hefty amount of you know uh, or hefty rate but if we're talking about like uh you know just a regular tv show that it's not really that popular on a not so well-known network you'll get a lower rate um, same thing goes with performances. Um, you're going to get a, a lower rate if you're not a well-known, you know, artist, sure, but if sure. you're a higher known artist, you know, you're going to see more of it cause you're going to be doing more shows or more people are going to be doing covers of your songs, things like that. But essentially, um, again, it, there's really, you don't really need representation for this. It's more of, you need to know it yourself so that you can also make sure that if you are being represented, you're getting a fair amount of royalties. Um, but yeah, it's a very tricky game because it's it's really a game about like who owns the music. So like if let's say you were my publisher and I'm the artist, 
you're going to get 100% of the royalties. I'm going to get 100% of the royalties. But I don't have rights to sell my music anywhere. You do. <laughs> so um, it's, a, it's a tricky game. And who you end up giving your song to, so a publisher, you want to make sure that you have either a good relationship with the person or that you trust their brand and that they're going to promote you as an artist in, in the most you know organic way. And to really, you know, trust in your work. But um, again, it's a very, very hard to put a single definition <laughs> sure, to that. Sure. But um, definitely, if you want to learn more about it, just go on YouTube. Uh, you, you can search up even uh, go to BMI. They have a lot of resources on their website, BMI.com. And they can answer any of your questions. You can also give them a call and they'll answer any questions you want. But um, yeah, it's a very... Again, just tricky yeah. little situation there, but um, just make sure you get royalties. Just make sure on your you stuff. get royalties. Yeah, make sure you you at least get a hundred percent of the writing portion, mm -hmm. a writer share. Because um, if you're working on bigger projects, most likely you're not going to own the publishing. You're going to own just a hundred percent of the writer share. Don't give away your your writer share because if you do, then that's what we're talking about the retirement plan. Yeah. Um. You you'll lose out on a lot of uh, money that could potentially, you know, help you in a tight spot in the future. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just life. Yeah. Just life. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. Royalties. Learn, Royalties. Learning fun. that. Learning that. Uh, all right. Uh, so you stayed local. You stayed in Florida. You went to the community college. You you studied up on the business side. Yes. Um. Yeah. How did I'm assuming you you stayed creative through that aspect too? Still writing and performing and I don't know. Did were you were you going back leaning more on the the guitar side and doing that or how much of the trumpet did you leave behind like how did uh yeah funny uh, i actually left trumpet completely um i stuck to guitar um i had a i made a little band with some of the the, the kids out in my extracurricular school um, the, i'm gonna refer to as asm because that was the name of the school um but uh, it's no longer in Miami, and I don't even I don't know if it still exists now, because um, there were four schools, and the main one was in Cooper City in in Florida. Um, but um, yeah, the the school is called ASM, and some of the you know kids who went there, I made a band with them, and we stayed creative during that time, writing songs, and we performed our songs, and you know had an album, you know put it on streaming, but uh. Uh, we, we took it all down because, you know, the band, uh, we didn't keep going. So, you know, everything just got taken off and, you know, everybody kind of went their own ways. But um, we did stay uh, very much creative during that time. And then uh, I kind of ventured off and created like my solo work after all of that because uh, I was still very much interested in continuing my musical journey. But um, while I was studying in college, I wrote my solo album. And uh, I released it, put it out. I was actually able to perform at the college auditorium to debut the album. And it was great. It was fun. Um, again, after all that happened, um, I did end up taking it down again because of uh, production reasons. Um, it, it, it wasn't the best sounding uh, work. Uh -huh. And, uh -huh. you know, my stuff, uh, I really wanted it to have uh, the best 
possible platform for it. So I'm hoping to like remaster it soon. Um, but I don't know how soon because again, we're, I'm stuck more involved with the film business now too, yeah. but, um, we'll, we'll get to that in, in just a second. Um, but yeah, I did stay for the most part creative and my fiance was actually one of the singers, uh, in the group too. Um, and you know, still with her, uh, she, yeah, she's awesome. Great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that was kind of like the the college experience there. Cool. I got distracted with these photos. I know. Once here. you this notice, you cool. can't stop looking, right? <laughs> um, okay. So you, all right. There's the band phase, the solo solo phase, and when you're saying solo, is this instrumental specifically, or are you also? A vocalist? I, I forget. Uh, no, I wish I could sing. I okay, could do right. backing vocals. So, like, I can hold a pitch. But um, I can't, like, be the main the main dude, I wish. But um, I, it's solo work, so it's instrumental. And pretty much everything was uh, digital. I, des- uh, I didn't hey. design it, but everything was uh, I made on the computer using uh, Logic, the program. Um, and I created, uh, I used their drum sounds, their bass sounds, and some of their string sounds. And the only thing live was my guitar. Right. So um, it was literally like solo project. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just me yeah. in my room and a laptop and go. Totally doable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you put that out and then you, <laughs> and then you pulled it back. Yes, I did. Uh, the album was, it's called Soundscape um, because I was uh, the the concept of that album was to create a world in of itself, uh, excluding the, the guitar stuff. I, I really just wanted to create an atmosphere, uh, a world that when you listen to it, it's like a full experience from beginning to end. Um, it was a really great album. And again, I'm really trying to find the inspiration again to, to work on it and release it again. But, um, there are, if you search up Soundscape Jonathan Munoz on YouTube, you could see my single. So I did like a playthrough yeah. video of it. So you could find that there. Okay. All the other songs are with me now. So I'm not gotcha. sure you could find for that. Now, for now. For now. For now. Okay. All right. <laughs> so did you, I'm trying to, okay. I'm trying to figure out on timeline wise, sure. you, you did the solo, you you pulled, you pulled it back. What did you pull? I'm trying. Did you go to? Was this when you went back to? Uh, you went to college and then you pulled it back, or was it before you even went to college? Or what's? How this did, was all inside of college. Okay, so the band inside was inside gotcha. of college. Okay. The solo stuff was inside of college. Um, all right. So we just glossed over college here. All right. Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, yeah, I I really packed a lot of things in like the little. I guess you could call them phases because yeah. elementary, middle, high school, college, they're all yeah, different yeah. phases. It's natural phases. Um, but um, I had a lot of things going on in each phase. Um, yeah. So just wanted to keep busy and, and do what I wanted to do, 100%. which was music. That's You're doing, I, from my perspective, you're, it feels like you're doing everything that you should be doing and more. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because again, think, I'm just thinking about film. It's like if you're going to film school, don't just, don't just do the projects that are being assigned to you. You have so many creative people around you. Just do the do the additional stuff and, you know, get that your own personal extra credit. Absolutely. Um, for sure. And you were doing all that. So that's that's awesome to hear about. Um, okay. <sighs> when <laughs> we are currently in the year twenty twenty two. That's it. 
It's very exciting. Uh, you gr uh, graduated as that. You graduated from college. As, yeah, you graduated from college. And when was this? Was this so? This was uh, 2015 to 2018. Okay, 2018. So it's been a f yeah. It's been a little little chunk since then. Yeah. It's been four years. Um, I took a, a year off. So the entire 2018, when I graduated, I graduated 2018 of December. 2019, the entire year, I took it off from school. And I worked um, as a guitar professor at a conservatory called Stage Masters, um, also in Miami. And I taught for the entire year. Um, but then down the line comes 2020, um, that's when I started Berkeley. And now let me tell you how I got into that because that was interesting. Um, yes. so it was September of 2019 and I was kind of thinking like, okay, I'm teaching. I've been doing it all this year. Uh, and I've been doing it for a long time. Cause like I said, at like age 11, 12, I do substituting for my professor when he wasn't there. And, uh, eventually, you know, I just kind of thought, hey, I maybe could do this to rack up some cash and see what I do after this. And September 2019, I said to myself, I need to do something. I need to do something else. I need connections. I need to move. There's I just need to do something. Yeah, you're feeling. I'm trapped. You're, you're feeling. Yeah. So I spoke to my fiance, my parents, and Berkeley came up, and I was just like, you know what? I think I'll give it a shot. Um, still was hesitant, but it wasn't until I actually heard um, the story of Pinar Toprak, who's a composer who uh, she she came from Turkey, and she scored Captain Marvel. She's the first woman uh, who you know scored a film and it grossed a billion dollar over a billion dollars. Okay, okay. So um, very successful now. She's done the music for Fortnite. You could research it. She's she's amazing. But um, I heard her story and how she wanted to come from Turkey to Boston because she wanted to study at Berkeley because she loved film music and she wanted to follow the steps of her heroes. And the story inspired me because it was a, it was a struggle for her to get over here to kind of like f situate herself here. And I just thought to myself after listening to that, like, I'm in the States in Miami, I'm complaining. Yeah, it's hard in the time zone over here. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't. What am I complaining about? Like, let me just do it. I I should feel way more grateful, way more um, grounded, I guess. But um, I I thought and I pondered it, and I was like, you know what? Let me do it. I'm gonna follow her because her story inspired me. It really did, and it made me audition for Berkeley. Um, so September. 2019, I submitted all the application work to kind of get the audition. They were like, hey, we don't have slots for the spring semester. You're going to have to wait for either summer or fall. And I was like, no worries. It was meant to be, you know, don't worry about it. Cool. They reached out like two days later, like, hey, next Friday is uh, someone dropped out. Yeah, I know it's tight, but do you want to still take the audition? And I was like, let's do it. So I only had a week to prepare all of my audition material. Uh, thankfully, since I was working in a conservatory, my music theory was fresh because I'm teaching it to all these young, aspiring musicians. Um, I 
was keeping up with all of the, the my chops as a guitar player. So I was like, a week is not bad because I was already it was in shape. Yeah, plus you've been in the pressure cooker enough times at this point too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this was my second big audition ever. I say big, but you know, I mean, they are it's huge. Big. It's huge. Big. They're it's huge. Big. I'm not gonna lie. Let's um, not talk it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I did it online, so they uh, just remoted in from Miami. Thankfully, okay. I didn't have to travel up to Boston. Yeah. Um, and I did the audition, and everything went well. I I nailed it, and they offered me a scholarship to go. Okay. Well, that's okay. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say you nailed it, was this an after the fact once you heard the good news? You're like, I nailed it. Or was it after you hit stop on the thing? You're like, I, I it was it. after I stopped the thing because I, I already understood the audition process already. I already knew how things were going. And I, I just had a gut feeling in the inside. I was like, I nailed it because okay, awesome. not because of it's an ego thing. It's because I knew that I did everything the best way I knew how. Yeah. yeah. So I went off of that and I was like, you know what? I did it. I nailed okay. it. Yeah. Okay, great. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear lots of stories about how like I didn't nail it. Like all the self-doubt comes in and sure. then and then you get the call and you're like, wait, I did it. Like that. there's that. But it's good that you, you, you knew – that you gave, you gave, you yeah, gave what you I, had. I yeah. gave it everything I had. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't hold back. Um, again, from not knowing what my life was going to be like in the next years or next four years or so, or three years rather, um, till, you know, that moment that I was auditioning, I just kind of said, you know what? I threw everything I, I could. So to me, it was a solid audition. Whether I made it or not, obviously I ended up, making it thankfully but um whether i made it or not i was happy with what i gave yeah yeah that's important yeah that's awesome (laughs) okay great (laughs) cool all right so yeah you got you you got the thumbs up and i know so because like you said that you wanted to stay local when when you finished when you finished high school something inside of you was like i don't i don't want to venture out into the world yeah i'm not ready but now now you you overcame it through through everything that you went through there with hearing about um the turkish composer yes yeah so now at this point you get the thumbs up and you're it's immediate like i'm like you're taking it right like that's absolutely i i spoke to um my fiance um, so she's the first person I kind of like told my plan to as you should. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I told her, I was like, I'm gonna do it. I, I, if I didn't get awarded the scholarship, I probably wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But since I did, I was like, not everyone gets this opportunity again, be, just being humble and grateful for everything. And I, and I was just like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to and and you knew you knew the scholarship was that something that you knew was that did you also apply for that or how did that work no so for every audition that you do in berkeley they automatically consider you for the scholarship okay it, but it depends on how you do gotcha. in your audition. so they might be like hey you're in however but for you, it was the thumbs up on both sides. Correct. We yes. want you, and also you qualify for the scholarship. Yes. It was a partial scholarship, but it still was a good chunk of money. 
Um, so I did that. And just kind of backtracking because sure. um, film composing. How did I get into yeah, that? Here we are. It happened before auditioning for Berkeley. So this actually happened the year I graduated from my first degree. Um, 2018. I got super sick. <laughs> funny story. I got super sick. Really funny. Um, and the doctor told me, like, I need to be on bed rest because I got acute bronchitis. How? I have no idea. But I did. And... He said, you have to be on bed rest, try not to sit up too much and take, you know, a buterol to open up your airway. Like I was bad. Like I, I had a hard time breathing and everything. It wasn't like life or death situation, thankfully, but um, it was it was pretty bad. Um, but uh, that happened and I was like, OK, I want to play guitar or like do something musically creative, but I can't sit down because like the moment I would get up, I'd feel like very heavy. So I just went out to Sam Ash my local you know music store and i bought a, a keyboard a keyboard that i could connect to my computer and i just started messing around with sounds and i was like this is this is interesting i like this and i started messing around with like string sounds like orchestral stuff and i was like this is pretty cool and i just had a change of hearts at that moment i was like you know what maybe film music isn't so bad um it seemed to be a lot more my speed too, because uh, I quickly found out that the music business, um, like touring and not being home for a while, like that wasn't for me. I'm a very homebody. I like being at home. I like spending time with my family, friends, and just wanted to stay home and do what I love to do, even though the job occasionally, but not the same as touring. Um, it does offer like time to leave. But um, that happened, and I decided to create a reel. And then 2019, which is my gap year, I graduated from college, my gap year, I um, was uh, doing my portfolio stuff. I was able to work on some short films and trailers and stuff to build up my portfolio. And then right before going into Berkeley or auditioning that same year, 2019, um, I already had a portfolio of like things that I've done in film scoring. It wasn't anything too serious, but um, it was something that I wanted to pursue because I went to Berkeley for film scoring. Okay. I didn't go to Berkeley for like performance or guitar. Any. I went for film scoring. So like I knew what I was doing at that point, yeah. which is why Pinarcho Prac came up because I was just following the, the film composing route and things yeah, like that. Thank, so Thanks for re-clarifying. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, we kind of missed that little spot there. But um, that was the big pivotal point where I was like, I want to be a film composer. And uh, which drove me to make all of these decisions um, because I knew people in the music business. But even though it's still music, they're completely different industries, film and music. So I had to like almost relearn everything I knew about business, even though the concepts are the same. But um, just things are you work differently, it's different practices and stuff. But um, yeah, that propelled me to to go to, to Berkeley. And uh, I went to Berkeley already with a portfolio. So I've done, again, a few trailers, a few short films. And um, that also helped me in my application to receiving the scholarship because there is a portion where we communicate with um, one of the academic uh, advisors or someone there who's in charge of like seeing like, okay, you're great as a musician, but now let's see how you are from a personal standpoint. Okay, yeah. Um, so they want to see your attitude, your goals. Same thing that happened in New World. Um, it seems to be a standard 
practice for auditions. Yeah, yeah. Um, we want we want good people in our facilities here. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't take to be a great talented musician if you're not a great yeah, if person. You're an asshole, yeah. Yeah. So you you want to probably consider that too as you're going throughout this career. And um yeah, so that happened and here we are 2020 January and I start Berkeley. Um uh, as yeah, everybody know. knows, yeah, pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic happened, and uh, my first semester at Berkeley, I only lasted a month in school before they booted us all out, and now I'm stuck in Boston in my basement apartment with my fiance in lockdown, doing school remotely, um, and that was an interesting time period because um, I went to Boston and arranged everything. Mind you, it was September 2019, and I started school January 2020. You can only imagine how hectic it was for just three months or four months or something like that to gather everything, break down everything. Not only I'm going, but my fiance is coming with me. We're yeah, moving to Boston. Yeah. It was insane. Um, the move was insane. We fit everything into a van and drove to Boston. Um, I don't. I didn't even think I had time to react, like how I felt. Like at that point, I was like, completely like screw my feelings right now there's a goal yeah so yeah. i didn't feel fear i didn't feel nervous i just had a goal yeah you're like i gotta get there i gotta get yeah, there yeah. i already did everything i could you know and everything is in order we gotta do this so we get there and of course no one planned it but pandemic happened and now that's when i first was able to sit down and just ask myself what did i just do it was so scary. Now I'm starting to get like the fear, the you know, getting nervous because I was like, I was supposed to work at the school, you know, to obviously pay for rent, you know, do all these things or living on our own for the first time. She was living with her parents. I was living with my parents. It's the first time we move and we're moving out of state. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I just didn't know how to handle it. And a pandemic. And a pandemic. So it's like, whoa. We got through it, to say the least. Yeah, we got through it, thankfully. Um, but it was a time where I really had to put my foot down and say, now I really need to get serious about this because this is life and there's nothing I could do but go forward. So in Berkeley is where I met my mentor. Uh, his name is Sean Peter Hagen. And um, he is a composer as well. He's been in the film business for a while now. And he was the one who kind of helped me out and said, hey, you know, I'll take you under my wing because, you know, I believe in your work. It, it, uh, I've showed him my work, and he was very pleased with what he heard. And he was the one who kind of fit me into the TV world, the network world. And... It's where I got my first, you know, History Channel credit. Mm -hmm. um, I'm working on shows HBO, Showtime, History Channel, Oxygen, things yeah, like that. Yeah. But um, it was through him by going to Berkeley. Um, yes, and this was in. Uh, so you were kind of. Were you like an assistant to him, or how was how was uh, what? How does that relationship work? Is he the like head compo? I don't. I don't yeah, know what the sure. So he, I met him at Berkeley. So he he actually works at Berkeley as a staff. Uh, he as of right now he's um the um 
dean of online, Berkeley Online. But um, at the time, he was the dean of the career center. Um, so yeah. essentially, the career center is the group of people at Berkeley who help you with your life after Berkeley. Sure. Um, and he was the dean, and I made a couple of, of appointments with him because I uh, noticed he was a composer as well. And uh, I just wanted uh, advising. Okay, okay. So everything just kind of like so, okay. toppled over each other. And it all happened in that short one month that I was my first semester. This all happened within that first month. Okay. I was very active in, in the, searching for the opportunities, yeah. It's great. <laughs> good, good on you. Yeah, so that happened, and I did two meetings in person with him before they kicked us out. And then after spring break, our last meeting, which was online, obviously, he was like, you know what? I see your discipline. I see your work. Um, I'll, 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 I'm willing to be your mentor, essentially. Okay. Come, come work with me, and I'll show you how things work yeah. um, in, my, in my field. And that's when I, you know, started getting on Zoom calls and like he would show me his screen and he would be composing something. And I'd be like, oh, so that's how you do that. Oh, so that's how you do this. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially what I would do there is I, excuse me, I would compose. So my, call it an internship, call it a, whatever, an apprenticeship. That, yeah, whatever. yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, but essentially I was composing. Um, writing music and we would submit music together and he would look at it and be like, okay, that's green light okay, or sweet. hey, go yeah. back and fix this and you would beat it back and forth like that. So I did that for my lockdown and that essentially was like what kept me working throughout the pandemic um, through all of this. So we did that and it quickly became a really great relationship with him so like we text each other all the time or most times because now he's he's a little bit more busy with his new position at berkeley but um we we still keep in touch we still work together and we still write music together um but yeah that was that was the um kind of like the transition between on top of doing berkeley um, of course like academic stuff and homework and all that I was working with him and that's when I really got my foot into the professional world of of composing yeah Great. a lot of stuff right Great, that's wonderful it's wonderful <laughs> oh my word okay so now uh <clears throat> let's see what can we touch on here so we're we I was gonna joke about how all right now Great, we got the background down, and uh, the show's coming to an end here soon. All right. <laughs> uh, no, it's awesome. I love. I mean, it's. it's yeah, I guess it's. I love hearing the. Uh, Absolutely. The, the, um, the we we could story. we could um kind of move along to to what's happening present time. Yeah, uh, just to no, kind of for sure. So yeah, I mean, you've 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 made your way to Los Angeles. Um, I don't know. Yeah, what do you I. Yeah. Sure. So my my goal here, uh, I just graduated Berkeley, so I just graduated now May twenty twenty two, and now I moved out. I'm sorry, not May twenty twenty two. I lied. It was like May fifth or something, and I moved out here May twentieth. Um, so enough. it's close enough. enough. And I've been out here for what is it? Four months. Yeah. Four months or so. And yeah. I I've just been connecting with everyone who I've reached out to before, who I worked out with 
um, here, me being on the East Coast, but worked with people in, in L.A., and I've reached out to to a lot of people who I've just been connecting with and obviously still reaching out to more people because this, again, this is a, an industry of connection. Relationships. Relationships. You, you really want to connect with, with everyone that you're working with and people who potentially you want to work with or, you know, just friends in general because also, you know, you don't want to just be like, hey, I just want you for a gig. You know what I mean? Like actually create friendships and relationships with the people that you're working with um that's a super important business uh super important part of the business um, building friendships a very important business <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um i mean you know yeah, of yeah. all of all people being in the arts but um yeah just doing that and i know when i got here my first month we we went out and we you know sat at a coffee shop and we spoke about and we were able to work on a on a small project together so that was that was you know really awesome being fresh to the city and just kind of yeah. getting situated but um yeah i have uh, uh two feature films lined up i have um two short films also lined up um, for the end of the year so just keeping busy on that and you know just again connecting 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 yes great uh, i guess i don't know if we can yeah because we uh we yeah we met up i had um one one project that i talked to you about that we had like it was like came together last minute. We we had a lot of fun doing it and had some great visuals and great. It was like a, a fun a fun a fun project, a fun, yeah. nice little short. And I was freaking out about um <laughs> how how the thing was gonna like the the score and the music and stuff. And luckily, we were able to make it work and connect on that. And I'm excited to have release that. That's called yeah. what had happened was. Very awesome, and uh, yeah, no, thanks for thanks for coming on for that. It was was awesome to. Yeah, have. it was also our first time. I mean, like it was the first time us speaking in person together, and then it was our first time, you know, just kind of working together. Yeah, just just early, general. early yeah. feelers for sure. Exactly, and and it came out great. Um, I'm really happy with with what it came out. the The production was great. Um, it was a really fun project to just again, you know, start building this relationship, friendship call it friends are we friends, friends? i think we are <laughs> we just made it official <laughs> <laughs> that's funny okay well yeah all right so there's that uh let's see i know i just wanted to touch on um i think you have mentioned at some point okay so we talked about the importance of relationships can you talk a little bit about how you weigh what your thoughts are on like accolades versus relationships on how you uh maybe approach what you do or how you choose what you're going to work on or yeah how to how to progress is it you know I don't know, that whole that whole sure thing. so i really don't look at any accolades i don't as you can see there's a lot of things that we've talked about that i was kind of like oh yeah you know i did play for the prince of spain or, or whatever like right, there's right. a lot of those really high points which i should speak more about because they are very big accomplishments um in my life but i just don't feel the need to like you know just kind of say it sometimes because for me it's really just about the process and like the meeting of the people and the connecting but mainly what i really strive for is you know just working with cool people um working with cool people and 
already just doing that, it's less of a burden. Right. Um, as being in the film business, you know how hard it could be sometimes working with people who just you, you don't click with. And it doesn't really necessarily make them a bad person. It's just that sometimes personalities clash. And that's just something you really can't control. Um, and then you have other times where people are just outright just mean. So you also sure. got to, you know, set some boundaries with that. But I mainly uh, strive for working with cool people. Um, obviously, in my part, when I'm meeting new people, showing them what I can do, because that's very important. You got to know that you could do the job. And also making the person that I'm connecting with confident that I am the right person to do the job. I don't want them to feel like, oh, is he going to deliver or is he not going to do this? Not gonna... I don't like giving people that, that feeling or just like that question uh, at all to pop into their mind. Because I really want people to understand that like I'm in it because I'm serious about the game, but I'm also in it because I am serious about like helping and you know, just being a part of a team and being a collaborator just as a whole. Again, accolades to me, yeah. I don't think they really mean anything because to me, uh, the biggest accolade is like if I can touch another person in in a you know mental way, spiritual uh, way, or, or whatever yeah. emotionally. Um, I feel like then that's the biggest accolade. Um, just really connecting. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I I really set my life out to be to helping people. Okay, yeah, because you have a lot of experience with playing music and. F- front of a live audience yes. where you see you see immediately in front of you like i may i don't know what people if you're looking out the or if you sneak glances or how that Absolutely. works yeah on, on you read how, body language you yeah. could see you, i've played performances where you could see the person i had a a performance that there was this this little boy he can no more than like seven years old he he was in the front row chair and i was playing guitar and, and i could just see his eyes they were shining and I w- that made me feel so incredible because at, at the end of the show, he walked up to me with his iPad and his parents were behind him. He's like, can I take a picture with you? And that was just like, that was big for me. That was huge. So that that's the kind of reaction that I'm looking for. Um, nothing fills me up more than just that reaction. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. It warms Getting my warms my heart. Warms it. my heart. <laughs> uh, how? Okay, I guess maybe maybe winding down here a little bit. But how? Composing and and film score is a little bit of a different venue space than playing live to playing an instrument live for somebody versus scoring a film and having them play accompanied two visuals right. in a theater after the fact yeah way down the line is is a little bit different do you have much ex- do you have you have much experience with um being in a room with people experiencing your scores and stuff because i know you've done like tv and all that that's that's you don't even know and, yeah. yeah 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 so yeah my first film the last cry which is on amazon prime uh directed by sofia pellegrino um, we did two premieres. So there was one in Virginia and there was one here in LA and both times I went and I was kind of just watching and looking at people as they were watching the, the, the film. And 
although you know a lot of it was like you know the the film obviously as a whole a not really on, not yeah. really it's just the music but like there's just so much going on at the same time but um everybody's reaction was just like wow it was it was amazing uh you know the film was great you know everything was great sounded great um but it wasn't until i came here to la a couple months later and we did the premiere here where i actually felt the reaction towards the music side because i even had people afterwards coming up to me being like whoa like that was incredible uh music uh, we also did like a question and answer so we had got okay. to sit up in front so and people got to clock you as like hey i'm the composer they can come up to you after yeah yeah so yeah. that was uh it kind of opened the door to people no, awesome. kind of talking about it yeah. and uh through that i got a uh one of the feature films i'm gonna work on so there you go connections connections how it works <laughs> um cool let me see if there's anything else last second here absolutely um super basic easy question here um <clears throat> I'm on Instagram, which we'll talk. I mean, your tag is um, John John Munn. Studios. John, yeah, John Munn Film John and Munn John Film. Munn Studios are my two um, social media channels. So the film one is my film composing, and the studios is my YouTube channel. Okay, so I was con your name listed under like you have J O and jonathan yes. but then on the logos and stuff like john munn you have the h on the john yes and, and um simply because um i've always seen john written as j-o-h-n for short yeah um i've really haven't started seeing j-o-n until like recently believe it or not um, so I just stuck with John as J O H N. Okay. Yeah. All right. I know people get confused. They're like, I got, yeah. so I was like, wait a second. And then I had to go look. I'm like, oh no, there is no H in your full name. Correct. But when you shorten it, you throw the H in there. Yeah. I, I go by Jonathan Munoz. Um, that's my artist name. That's my name for everything. Yeah. But, um, for short and for Instagram, cause I didn't want people to write Jonathan Munoz, you know, I just kind of shrunk everything. And John Moon is kind of like people sometimes even call me John Moon, um, and the reason why you pronounce my last name Moon instead of Mun is because yeah. my last name is Munoz, so Moon. Yes, thank <laughs> you. It's just a pronunciation, but you know it's all it's all the same thing. It's all cool. Um, but yeah, one of them is film, the other one is YouTube. Okay, great, 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 perfect. Yeah, I was just easy thing there. Um, cool. I think unless there's anything else on your end that we should have you talk i don't know anything that i'm missing here that uh, you'd like to um i guess uh the last thing i could cover um besides film composing is uh my youtube channel okay, yeah sure. um so my youtube channel is uh, a channel that i developed to help people who aren't able to get like formal education or like formal private lessons and essentially I teach them music technology um, because everything is technology now so if you don't know how to use technology you're kind of stuck in the music world because you people now are expecting you to know how to produce your own music 
how to at least get a good demo to send to people. So not yeah. having that part of it is very important. So I teach music technology and uh, I also teach like music, very basic music theory and things like that. And also gear reviews and how to use specific gear or whatever. And um, yeah, I think it's a great resource for people to check out if you're interested on, you know, how to use like, yes. Logic or Cubase, which are the main programs that I use. And um, I have uh, eBooks for music theory stuff. So if you're having trouble with like scales, for example, I have a small ebook explaining what scales are and uh, people could just go in there. It's very, uh, I'm targeting a, the very like beginner. Yeah. Level. Beginner tutorials. Yeah, yeah. Way, yeah. Because I feel like that's really where you start to build the most important habits. Right. Cause I mean, yeah, you get, you get, you build those foundational pillars and then uh, if they want to know more, they could always get in touch with you directly. And you, That's it. All yeah. my information is up and I'm sure, you know, the podcast yeah, we'll, will have everything either down below, up below, I don't know, we'll, up below. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> Wherever <laughs> the information is going to be, we'll, we'll kind of write everything we'll on. We'll include the links. Yeah. yeah. Happy to. Okay, great. So, and then you have your, I guess while we're... Just okay. You have your website. Where did you did you plug that already? Did we say that? Did you? Um, no, I didn't say it. But um, I know it's a lot of information. No, just, but, just um, plug that last, and then uh, yeah. Yeah. So again, I have two websites because film composer and YouTube. But oh. if you want to go to my film music website, it's a uh, jonathanmunozmusic.com. And my YouTube website uh, is johnmoonstudios.com where you can find digital courses. So I also do digital courses for people on my YouTube channel. And then there is also johnmoonstudios.creatorspring.com, which is the merch store where you can buy T-shirts, hats, and then the eBooks are also available um, for purchase there. Lovely. Okay, Jonathan, thanks for uh thanks for being on the show. I think that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. It's a it's a great way to spend my day here. Yeah, awesome. Cool. All right. Well, that's it. All right. <laughs> bye bye. Have a good one, everyone. Boom, boom, boom.